Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Lord, you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our praise. How could your hands not be in the air? Come on, Lord, we give you our praise. Listen, be bold about it this morning. Don't be all conservative like this. Get those things up in the air. Lord, we give you our praise this morning. Give you our attention this morning. We give you our love and our adoration on this morning because you are a worthy God whose mercies are new every single morning. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' mighty name, church shouts. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. To all the new people in here. To all the new people, I want to just tell you, give it a chance. You guys in the back now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be putting out a lot of verses that you don't have. See how good you are this morning. <laughs> I did a lot of last minute additions. So there's going to be verses you don't recognize. Don't think it's you, it's me. The first one you won't have. We'll just see how good you are, see if you can catch up. People say that I go through verses really fast. So if, if you get behind, don't try to catch up. I'm talking about the people working in the back. I love each and every one of you. Thank you for serving. For those of you that are new, give it a chance now. Even if I use the word vaccine, just hold. You know, there is, there is more than a slight possibility that you could be wrong. I mean, if that makes you bristle, understand that pride goes before destruction. Proverbs 16, 18. So maybe you're, it's just like, what do I do when I'm watching things that offend me? It's actually like watching a car crash. It's at least entertaining. So if I'm wrong, allow me to entertain you till about 12.10. Don't get up and leave. If you do, go ahead. It's all right. Nobody's going to stop you. I've got some big goons in the back. There they are. They're not going to do anything to you. So you can go, but what if there is, what if there is the slightest possibility that you're wrong? The slightest. I might not convince you, but why not just be entertained? Are you not entertained? Just watch. It'll, it'll be a train wreck. Enjoy the show if I'm wrong. But if, if I am, go home and prove it by studying to show yourself Approved. Just try, even if I use the word COVID, you might have been wrong. Since you're five times vaxxed and have caught COVID five times, maybe you're wrong. That guy, they're, they're holding on now. <laughs> but did you? Amen. Amen. 
Amen. I wanted to tell you this morning that there are levels. There's levels. That's the title of this message. There are levels in the kingdom of God. There are levels. There are levels of existence. To use a simple example, you can either live in the desert or you can live in the promised land. Both of those people were loved by God. You can choose to go into the promised land, live in the promises of God, or you can choose to live where most, M-O-S-T, most Christians live, which is in the desert. They're loved by God, maybe even get slight provision from God, but because, as Psalm 78, 41, they turned back and they limited God. There are levels of existence in this Christian walk. This is not the YMCA, where everybody's a winner. Everybody's not a winner. There are losers inside of the church. Many of those losers are people who refuse to say that they were wrong. And I'm not just talking about COVID. I'm not just talking about vaccines. I have seen this in a myriad of examples since pastoring the church. Listen, a lot of you, if you're called to be a pastor, pastor. If you're not called to be a pastor, do not pastor. You won't survive. I barely survived. And I don't even, listen, I don't even, I don't even, get overly offended very quickly. Some of you. But I've seen it throughout the years. People, people are just absolutely diametrically wrong. Know they're wrong. It's just like I say all the time. If Jesus interviewed to be the pastor of most churches and they knew he was Jesus their board would reject him. And everybody on the board knew that he was Jesus. Most Christians, I'm not listening, I'm not talking about the world. Of course the world is five times injected. Of course, of course the world, world rejoices in voices being silenced. Of course, I expect them to act like totalitarians. I expect them to be closed-minded. But inside the church, you should not be closed-minded to the Spirit of God. You should be closed-minded to the world. But when the Spirit of God is telling you there is something wrong and you are wrong, there's no use defending your position. How could you possibly prosper if you know that you are wrong and you continue in it? Eventually, it's gonna work out well for you. The ends are justifying the means. You know, again, the ends justify the means is not a Bible verse. That's the same as it takes a village, that everything happens for a reason. If mama ain't happy, the whole house ain't happy. Mama ain't happy in my house, I'm still happy. It's not a Bible verse, the ends justify the means. That's how a lot of people evolve. Eventually, it's all gonna work out. It's impossible. It's like, I, it's like I say to the globalist, bourgeois leftist elites, you honestly believe that lying your way into your agenda is gonna work out great? If you have to lie to usher forward your agenda, how good could your agenda be? And whatever you plant into the ground is coming up. If, you are, if, you, if your agenda is based in lies, 
And don't worry, we're gonna, we're gonna hone this in on the individual in just a second. If your agenda is based in lies, then how good could the agenda be and what's gonna happen when the agenda is actually implemented? But listen, most people are living in lies. They tell themselves day in and day out, I'm right, I'm right. Marriage is a disaster, I'm right. I'm talking about Christians now. Marriage is not good, their kids aren't good. I, I love watching Christians, and I say that facetiously. I love watching Christians call their unsaved kids saved. He's gay, living with a man, not saved. Oh, he's down deep in, that's not a Bible verse. You can tell whether somebody's saved, how? Through how they live, through their fruit, through what they say. They're not saved because they have a good heart. That's not a Bible verse. But most people will live in delusion. They will choose the desert. They'll choose the desert instead of going and speaking with their spouse. Men, if you know your wife hates you right now, Go ask her, why do you hate me? Or if you are, most of you already know why she hates you. Fix it. Go apologize. And you're like, Tom, where do you get all this from? Marriage counseling? Why do I have to tell you? Why do I, a 54-year-old, have to tell a 74-year-old, go apologize? They just live in delusion. They live out in the desert. The whole time God's telling them, here's your step one. Well, you know, I just want to know God's will. No, you don't. Can't handle it. It's like the burning bush. You can't handle it. Go to step one. For a lot of people, step one is saying, I am or I was wrong. That's why I urge you, stay in your seat. Give it till 1210. That's, a, that's an hour and 18 minutes from now. That's when we're walking out. I'll stop preaching around noon. That's an hour and eight minutes from now. Relax. You're like, you really gonna preach that long? Yeah, I'm gonna preach that long. Got a lot of voice. I didn't scream it all out at Tommy's fight last night because this fight only lasted a minute and 27 seconds. <laughs> and I was a good boy. Again, I'm on a streak. <laughs> David Lee, stop laughing at me. <laughs> I was a good boy. I'm on a three-fight streak, I believe, of being a good boy now without intermingling myself with the other group of people. Got my face straight ahead, didn't look at anybody, didn't listen to anybody, just was a good, good fella. <laughs> but really, as in the cage, there's levels. There's levels. There really, there really are levels inside of the kingdom of God. No, everybody's the same. No, listen, God, the God is not a respecter of persons. Remember what that has to do with his judgment. Remember that. All who sin apart from the law will be judged by the law, and all who, sin, all who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. That's the next verse. 
after Romans 2.11, for there is no respecter of persons, for God is no respecter of persons. Remember that. People use that for all sorts of other reasons, but really it's about judgment between the Gentile and the Jew. Read, you know, read the Bible, right? But there are actually levels inside of the kingdom of God. Anybody who tells you now, yes, God, God looks at us all exactly the same. That's what I do. I look at people as saved or unsaved. All, the, the covenant is available to all, but we decide how much we want of it. Therefore, that's what creates levels. God does not create levels. God does not say, I'm better than, than, than Bill or Bill's better than me. Bill and I decide how much of God we want. And then that determines the levels. Even in the midst of that, God still doesn't go, I like him better than the other. We just choose how much we want. How much, of, and that, will, that determines the levels. So everybody gets it. It's not God that goes, I like him more, you're the best, you're the winner, you're the loser. We do all of that, which coincides with the messages that I've been preaching for the last two weeks. We decide. There's a mass conflation inside of the body of Christ of conflating the will of God with the failure of the Christian. There is a will of God, it is perfect. You are healed, prospered, restored. Steps ordered. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Matthew 5, 48. But people conflate that. That's the will of God. Healed, restored, prospered, abundant life, great marriage, great relationships, great church, great ministry. That's the will of God. And when people fail in that, they call that the will of God. What are, you, what are you talking about, Tom? Everything's gonna be great all the time? Yes. What do you mean by that? Will there be, there will be obstructions, but that doesn't stop greatness. Just because somebody comes against you in the midst of trying to ascertain prosperity in whatever realm you wanna talk about, financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, you're going for prosperity and somebody gets in the way? That, that does not mean, that has nothing to do with the will of God. God's will is to get you to the prosperity. If it's not happening, if healing's not happening, that's not the will of God. If prosperity is not happening, that's not the will of God. If there is lack, that's not the will of God. If there is defeat, bad relationships, bad marriages, that's not God's will unfolding. That's the Christian's failure unfolding. Please make sure you make that distinguishment. Make sure that you distinguish between the will of God and the failure of the believer. Yes, we use the word failure right here at Foundation Church. I don't call everything a failure. Every, that also gets conflated. Sin is called failure. No, there's failure and then there's sin. There's lots of nuance to life. Walk in the midst of those nuances. Be God, those who are led by the Spirit of God, he understands the nuances. Jump into that river and allow him to guide you. There are lots of nuances. A failure would be somebody who gives up, but that's not sin. And it's not the will of God. You see the nuance? But in the new modern church, it's all called sin. So it then devalues Sin, you mean there's value in sin? No, there's value in understanding what is sin and what is not. 
Sin sends you to hell. Failure does not. So you've got to, well, I just gave up and I'm just gonna be depressed. None of that. That's desert, but it's not sin. I'm talking about Christians right now. People have gotten their sins under the blood of Jesus and you just decide you're gonna be a depressed person. Anybody made that decision in life? Wasn't everybody saying no. You, you've, made the, you've made the decision to live in defeat. Understand, that's a decision of level, not sin. Some of you, that's good enough. You're gonna be like, you know, I, I'm gonna, that's gonna be good enough for me. I'm just gonna live in the desert. God loved the Hebrews in the desert as much as he loved those who went to the promised land. Is that true? Yes. And it'll give you a chance to answer because some of you would answer wrong. <laughs> he loved them all the same, but one group chose a higher level, a higher existence. And here's the, here's the thing now. If you get into Hebrews chapter six, what I'm gonna try not to do, it is dangerous to not go to the next level. Your soul is actually in jeopardy if you do not progress. Read it when you get home, Hebrews chapter six. It's titled, The Peril of Not Progressing. It's mirrored in Hebrews chapter five, 11 through 14, warning against falling away. In fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You should be going up levels. Why? Because the Lord your God is a consuming fire, Hebrews 4, 24. Hebrews, I mean, not Hebrews, Deuteronomy 4, 24, Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. He's a consuming fire. If you stop that consummation, you are actually in peril of hell's flames because you're outside of the will of the gospel, which is for you to be consumed Ever pressing forward. No, this is not a relaxing church, but still, sit there and relax. You'll be all right. Hour and 10 minutes to go until you walk out those big brown doors. Sit under the gospel for an hour instead of sitting under sedation for 50 minutes a week. Sit under the gospel. Now I'll start the message. Luke 12, 26. I told you you guys won't have it. If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Are there levels? Just said there was things that were least. Why take ye thought for the rest? If you haven't conquered the very things that are least, we have people that want to enter into ministry and they have a horrible marriage. You're not going anywhere. A, I won't allow you. B, God won't allow you. Just flip the orders of importance right there. It's not gonna happen. If you, if you can't take care of that which is least, why take thought for the rest? If you, can't be, if you can't be nice to people, why would you wanna preach to them? If you can't be nice to your dog, why do you wanna preach to people? If you can't control your facial expressions, why would you wanna preach to people? If all of the fruit in your life are people going to hell, why would you want to send more there by preaching to people? You're like, Tom, you're mean. No, just come into reality. Look at me. If your kids are going to hell, you need to go tell them they're going to hell and stop telling them they're going to heaven via sending them to hell. If you're telling people they're going to heaven when they're going to hell, you're doing them no favors. You're ushering them into hell's flames. Yes, they feel good now. 
Listen, it's a scary thing to wave down cars. Anybody ever done that in here? Cops in here? Stand out on I-75 going. I was telling, we were coming back, I think it was probably from, from Tampa, from the river, and I was coming back and telling my family a story out there where we, there, was a, there was a police call back in the 90s, and I got dispatched to it, and they were really, I was a night shift deputy, but it was in the early morning hours, like at 5 a.m., and there was a truck, a semi, that overturned out on the interstate full of drywall. So there's truck, trailer, and drywall all over the interstate. Now there was so much fog out there, this is not, I promise you, not an exaggeration. There was so much fog out there that I could not see from here to the drum cage. I'm not kidding you. That's how thick it was. I don't know why, but it was that thick. So what we had to do was position, now it's five o'clock in the morning, it's on a weekday, what's about to happen? Rush hour traffic. And by the way, at that time, the speed limit was 65, so everybody was really driving, how fast? 85. Just like you do, just like I do. I drive so fast now that I'm going along, I don't even know, because these cars, you know back in the day when your car, you could kind of tell it was going fast? Nowadays with the technology, I'm floating along, I'm going 103. Whoa! How am I gonna justify that? I don't even think my badge could get me out of that ticket. <laughs> but so he t- what we had to do is set, set, you know, set up out there. And this is before the, the, the LED lights that you could see now, but even then the LEDs wouldn't have worked. There's no way, there's just no way to penetrate that fog. So we had to set up our cars, stand on the interstate, and go... <laughs> And this was the last thing that my sergeant told me. He goes, listen, Tom, if they're not going to stop, run into the ditch. <laughs> Dive into the ditch. Because we'd stand right on the edge of 75. Wouldn't stand in the middle of it. Standing right on it so they could see who we were. And, try to flow. and there was people, like the scariest thing you've ever heard is a semi you can't see locking it up. So it's scary doing that, and it's scary for the people. It's scary for the one giving the warning, although I've gotten used to it now. People get mad at me all the time, walk out of the church, because I'm telling them they're going to hell when they're going to hell. I don't tell them they're going to heaven when they're going to hell. I don't tell them they're going to hell when they're going to heaven. I tell them they're going to hell when they're going to hell. And they're going to experience hell on earth, because I'm sitting there on the side of I-75 going, a truck! Drywall, stop. It's not pleasant for anyone, but it certainly is better than hitting a semi-truck in an Isuzu Trooper going 94 miles an hour. Because you'll just be evaporated straight to hell. Or heaven, depending on where you stand with Jesus. But you have to tell people. There are levels. If If you can't do that, why would you ever want to be in ministry? But, but, which, by the way, represents about 98% of all pastors today who refuse to tell anybody the truth. Amen. Yes, you look around you right now, there's empty purple chairs. These purple chairs won't be here that much longer. They'll be gone sometime this summer, I think. We're getting all new chairs. We are. It's good. It'll be way more comfortable on, on your booty. <laughs> Remember now, if you're somebody whose butt starts to get sore, 
Work your tries throughout the week, but push up with both hands and scoot to one inch to your left or right, and you get fresh cushion. When you're 230 pounds like me, I've got about a 12-minute window. I push, it's go, I go all the way down to the wood, push up, scoot over. You get right back on the mountain peaks. They get smushed, push up, go back onto the mountain peaks. Believe me, I know, I sit in a lot of church services. But if you look around, you see, you see empty purple chairs. Now, listen, it's a, we are a wonderful church. There's about 857 chairs in here, something like that. 868 chairs in here. There's probably 150 empty. So there's, not, there's 700 people in here. It's great. Okay, and, and all totaled inside the building, there's between eight and 900 people. We have a great church, wonderful church, ever-growing church. However, there's people, they can't, they can't handle it. I won't do things to fill the chairs. I will not water down the gospel to fill the chairs. I will not avoid subjects to fill the chairs. I know, how, do you, how many of you know, I know that I run people out of here. It's not on purpose. It really isn't. I know that if I, if I talk about vaccines, it will cause people to leave. But I would rather them live. I'm on the side of 75 going, truck! Amen. Truck! They don't like to hear it. I don't like to do it. But I'm not going to water things down. Listen, there's people who would rather die than say they were wrong. You see, I mean, seriously, they would rather. There are people, I play these videos. They pop up every now and then on social media. Of people greatly infirmed by vaccines. Played one out of Canada where a woman's face was, was paralyzed on one side through Bell's palsy. Been healthy her entire life. Took dose one, dose two, now her face is paralyzed for life unless, Jesus, unless she wants Jesus to fix it, which going by this video, that's not gonna happen. But she just, but she goes, but you know what? I, I'm going to get my next one. She would rather die than be wrong. That's just the way people are. So you can never, you can never gauge what you preach by people's reaction to it. People are crazy. People come in with their six-month-old babies and say, as if offering them on the altar of Moloch, inject my child. They do it. They're crazy. You cannot alter your message. I say all that to say this. If you're gonna enter into ministry and you can't do that thing which is least, don't enter into ministry. Even if God has called you to it, just go live in the desert and be quiet is you'll destroy yourself and countless others. Or do what God has called you to do. Be a Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Be a Rodney Howard Brown. Say what needs to be said. If that means you get hauled out of your house in handcuffs, you get hauled out of your house in handcuffs. All that happened after, after Pastor Rodney got arrested, all that happened was his ministry is now four or five times the size that it was. Jonathan Shuttlesworth last year, it, it, in 2022, as I get confused now, so it's, when I say last year, I mean 2021. 2021, his ministry brought in $7 million. In November of 2022, they were at 14 million, just by standing. Does he get blasted on social media? Is he, is he hated? Yeah, 
Get ready, I'm going to drop a name now. Is there, does anybody hate Andy Stanley? No, they all love him in the world. They all love Andy Stanley. And why am I saying that? Because he put it out on social media. You, you want conflict? You come to the right place. You want to put out on social media that the word of God is A, not factual, B, not true, and C, not scientific, and the following week say that homosexuals have greater faith than Christians? Don't believe me? Pull it up. Then you're going to be answered from the pulpit of Foundation Church by name. I do all that I can to contain my giant pie chute. However, there are times to come and speak. While the world rejoices at blasphemous comments like that, the Spirit of God does not, nor does the throne of heaven. There are levels to this walk with God. This is not the YMCA where everybody's a winner and gets a participation trophy. You choose whether you want to win. You choose it. You can live in the desert or you can live in the promised land. Let me give you some examples. High places and high calling. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. This is Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. You know what you, when the Bible tells you one thing, you really ought to focus on what? That one thing. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Yes, I stood and watched at the stoning of Stephen and even rejoiced. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the levels high calling of God. If there's a high calling, then there's a low calling. There's a medium calling. There's operating in no calling. And let me tell you this, I don't really wanna preach this, but I'm gonna preach it anyway. He says, one thing forget. He says, forget the past. Now, here's the thing. Everybody preaches this in the psychological, you know, just forget all your failings and all the negative things that happen. It's not the problem for most Christians. What's the problem with most Christians? They're Ezra Poles. They're Pentecostal Ezra Poles. They're high places. I remember back when we had this revival back in 1997. It was the greatest time of my life. You've done nothing. It's now 25 years later. Not a soul has been saved in your life, and you're still worshiping at that Ezra pole, celebrating past spiritual experiences and past spiritual accomplishments. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of God's blessing. 2 Corinthians 6.2. That's where most people struggle. They don't struggle. Listen, do you know what does the Bible say about low self-esteem? Nothing. For the great, for, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do you not think of yourself more highly than you ought? But think of yourself with sober judgment, Romans 12, 3. Doesn't talk about, well, woe is me, and I, you know, I'm just a lousy person. If, you, if you're like that and you talk like that, 
All you are is an attention whore anyway. Some of you are like, the whole whore shouldn't be said from the pulpit. You know where whore is at? You know it's you. Just admit it. Just admit it. You're a streetwalker for attention. I won't give it to you. You get one, you get one woe is me comment. One woe is me conversation with me. That's it. And then that's the end of it. Done with it. One conversation. And then that's the end. They tap out. Eddie, they tap out. Yeah, okay, yeah. See, they can't take it. People just get up and walk. You know why? Because they want attention. They, they want to call their relatives. Woe is me. I have this ache. I have this problem. I have this depression. I have this anxiety. Woe is me. They live for it out in the desert if they're saved. They live for it. They can't take it. They can't take correction. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves unless indeed you are disqualified? That can be on the whole or in a specific area of life. Well, you know, too old to change. That's a lie. Is that a Bible verse, too old to change? Where is that? Is that the New Testament or the Old? Somebody shout it out. (laughs) Too old to change. You're living to 120 anyway if you believe the word of God. You can be, you be 80 today. You got 40 years to go. You got 40 years of ministry right in front of you. Who did I finally hear preach that? Jesse Duplantis. Finally, I heard somebody preach 120. And nobody else on the planet preaches that but me. I'm like, what? Do you not read the book of Genesis? Oh, that's the Old Testament. No, that's the Abrahamic covenant of which you're living in. The covenant that is by faith. Everybody else starts telling themselves they're old when they turn 40. Well, I remember what I was when I was 30. (laughs) High places and high calling. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If you want to take down high places, you have to operate in high calling. No Christians touch high places. We amen. I know some of you are like, I ain't never coming back. I'm amen and I'm trying to get on board. I'm being honest with you. Most Christians don't ever touch high places. It's too much of a political or social consequence to touch high places. If I, don't, if, I don't, if I don't put a mask on, people will say that I lack compassion and want to kill grandma. If I don't call a he a she and a she a he, then they're going to say, you know what? I'm just not accommodating and I'm not loving and I'm not tolerant. And I go, check one, check two, check three. You're right on all counts. I'm not loving in the world sense. I'm loving in the word sense. But they will, Christians don't go up to high places. Most don't. Now, we are the weirdos in this church. If I was to say there's a high percentage, there's high percentage sitting here right now. There's a high percentage sitting up on Martha, Martha, uh, Martha, uh, Martin Luther King Boulevard in Tampa right now at the River Church. There's a high percentage of those sitting in Pittsburgh right now. 
and a few other churches, but most Christians don't touch the high places. They wouldn't dare. They won't offend their own family, let alone offend the spirit of the world. They wouldn't dare. They would, most Christians worship at the altar of reasonableness. I want everybody to think of me as reasonable. I don't want anybody to think of me as a radical. I don't want anybody to think of me as a zealot. Reasonable. And just, you know, we just gotta use wisdom. I know the word of God says bind and loose and you know, all your inf- sicknesses and infirmities are healed and that God is your defender. My defense is of God which saveth the upright in heart. Psalm 710. I know that he be- I know that, that, you know, that's great. It's great that it says all that. That's great. But you know you get in this time, in this time of pandemic, you've gotta use wisdom. They won't touch the high places. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom didn't know God, please God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe, 1 Corinthians 1.21. They won't stand in the, in the foolishness of God. Whatever I bind is bound. You know what, here's the thing. Even if I fail, I'm still right. Even if I die because of my lack of, of, a lack of belief or, or, a, or a firm standing of unbelief that I don't know about. Even if I die, I'm still right. Let God be true and every man a liar. If I'm up here and I'm, and I'm swearing that God heals every sickness, illness, or disease, every infirmity, and I still die, the word of God is still right and I was wrong. I don't conflate the two. Not the will of God unfolding. And by the way, I would rather die that way. I would rather be dead than live with a muzzle on my face. And by the way, let me go on this real quick. I'm watching my time. Do you know what the world is trying to do? It's to make you a monkey see, monkey do. You ever see that picture like this, like this, like this? That's what they're doing. I may have told you this already. I can't remember. What I can't remember because I talk too much during the week. So I can't remember who I told it to and who I didn't. I know I said it on the podcast, but I can't remember why I said it last week or not. When I'm walking, I walk, you know, I'm, out, I'm walking all the time. I'm a walking, walking, bike riding guy. If I didn't, I'd be a Jerry, Jerry Springer episode of 600 Pound Life. <laughs> they come in with a front end loader, beep, 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 and they bash the wall out and bring the person who hasn't been out of their bed for 12 years. Once they cross that 500 pound line, they can no longer lift themselves up. So I'm out all the time in my neighborhood, so I'm always observing, you know. I live the weirdest life in the world. I really do. I live the weirdest life in the world. Don't let me forget about earbuds. I do. I live the very odd life. I'm out there. I'm walking my dog. Next thing, I'm at a cage fight. Next thing, I'm eating lunch with Rodney Howard Brown. I have a very weird life. Very weird. So I'm out. I'm I'm at 3 o'clock in the morning in between people's houses chasing my dog down because he's attacking a raccoon right next to their bedroom window. I'm like, I'm a pastor of a church. I'm sitting here between people's houses. <laughs> Stop it, Addie. Stop it. Stop. Uh, 911. Got some lunatic out here. <laughs> Seriously. With a flashlight. 
I, know, I always wear all black. Black makes you look thinner. <laughs> so anyway, I'm out walking the dog now, and like I, I like to warn people. You're like, Tom, put him on a leash. I know. Well, whatever. He comes up behind people, you know, and I don't want him to startle them. So I, one particular woman, I'm behind her, and I'm like, I'm on my bike. I've now ridden my bike more with the dog, so I can, <laughs> if he goes berserko, I can catch up with him. So I see he's got, there's a woman, so I'm with Hope, actually. We were riding our bikes together, so I start pedaling, and I get up there. I'm slowing the dog down. He's, pretty, he's getting, he gets better all the time. Slow, stop, Eddie, stop. So he's slowing down, but I want to go and warn her, hey, you know, there's, there, a dog could come up, and I don't want to startle her. She can't hear me. I'm going, hey, ma'am, ma'am, I'm, I'm as close to her as I am the front row of the church. Ma'am, and by the way, I'm not very, I, I have a loud voice, as you can tell. I project. Ma'am, nothing. And I mean, she's in her 60s. Ear butted out. Can't hear a word I'm saying. It happens all the time. I've, I've had it with kids in the neighborhood because I'm always like, hey, you know, the dog's coming. They can't hear me. Hey, look at me. You're, you don't have to be deaf. You're choosing to be deaf. They're nodding at me like my grandmother who had lost her hearing and pretended like she didn't for 30 years. I say things to her like, how's the weather? And she goes, oh, you want to go to a movie? I guess. Let's go. I don't know. It's not what I said. I could have gone up to my grandma and said, Grandma, were you a child molester? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No idea. You don't have to be deaf. They're choosing to be deaf. You don't have to be muzzled. You're choosing to be muzzled. Can't hear them talk. You ever watch the videos where people are masked? Can't hear a word they're saying unless they're mic'd. I'm like, the devil's laughing at you. And then they tell you to put on two, and the people do. Here, and then put on an N95, which, won't, will, which will not allow even more oxygen to get to your brain. And judging from the fact that you put on a mask, you need a lot more oxygen to your brain than less. And now at the World Economic Forum, they want to have you wear glasses. It's not a I'm not kidding. They have interactive glasses that will then interact with your biometric material and or your vaccine passports, your quantum dot tattoo technology and can send images into your mind directly or that you can send out. And by the way, if you can send out, guess what? They can send in. They learned that the hard way with their social credit system inside of China, which they found out after everybody hooked up that it went right to their FBI, whatever they call their FBI. That's a fact, by the way, absolute fact. High places and high calling. If you wanna take down high places, you wanna take down the World Economic Forum, the World, the World Health Organization, the NIH, the CDC, the FDA, and by the way, Christians should want those organizations taken down because they're killing people. We should care about people being killed. It's not politics. Abortion is not politics, it's people being killed. There's nothing to do with taxes, socialism or communism, which are both from the devil, but 
It's about people dying. We should care. We should be preaching about it. Because those are souls that God knew before he formed them in the womb that, he, that they were pulled out of piece by bloody piece. And then their body parts sold on the open market. So demonic, so corrupt. The church needs to take down those high places. Not be worried about, well, you know what the New York Times or the Democratic Party or the Republican Party calls me names. You, get, you have to get to high calling, though. How do you do that? Prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship. Some of you struggle with making it to church every Sunday. You're nowhere near high calling. Nowhere near it. Get to church every Sunday. Don't go up and say, you know what, I want a pulpit ministry. Sit. Sit and immerse yourself in the word and the will of God and God will open the doors. People are always coming to me all the time, all the time. How do I get to this place? How do I get to this, that place? Be still. Prayer. Be still and know that I'm God. Wait on the Lord, which again means to wait on him in the sense of a waiter. What can I get you? If you want to know about the specials today. Here's what, do you, would you, is, is, is Pepsi okay? Whenever you order Coke, you know, is Pepsi okay? Well, actually not, but yeah, go ahead. Don't offer me tea. Could go off into that right now. <laughs> Let me say this. <laughs> if you're a cheapskate... My wife's telling me to stop. I'm not. <laughs> what drives me nuts, I would, and this is just my personal preference, it is not God's. It's Tom. I would rather somebody live in sin than be cheap. That's my preference, not God's. Everybody clear? It's easier for me to deal with sin than it is cheapness. If you're gonna have a bunch of people over to your house, i.e. if you're going to have people move for you or whatever it is, have an assortment of beverages instead of a giant vat of warm tea with a, with a cooler full of ice that everybody's dirty hands go into over and over again. And I'm not even a germaphobe. I'll still eat it. I'll eat anything. I don't care. Stop being so cheap. I tell Hope, when we have workers here, get the giant white coolers out and fill it with an assortment. Get the diet, get the regular, get the Gatorade, get whatever they want. Some of you people who are sculpted like Greek gods, I know you only want water. That's why you look like you do, and that's why I look like I look. Give them water. Get them sparkling water, whatever. You're not going anywhere if you're a cheapskate. It's the opposite of God. God is a God of abundance. Yeah. 
People drive 10 miles out of their way for the early bird special that saves them $1.50. You just spent $5 in gas. Just so they feel like they're right. Again, people refuse to admit, I am wrong. You're welcome. I hope that sets some of you free today. Get a, get a crowbar out, get into that wallet, and pop it open. If God doesn't hold back, why do you? You're welcome. High places and high calling. If you want to take down high places, the World Economic Forum, then you've got to get to high calling. And only God will incrementally bring you there as you obey. Or you can live in the desert. I'm just going to get by. Most of the people who died in the desert went to heaven. They went to heaven. They just never got to experience the promises of God. You're in danger in the desert. Most of the, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about post everybody being rejected from the promised land. Because a lot of people before that were swallowed up by the desert. So I take back what I said. I'm not saying most people actually went to heaven. A lot of people went to heaven. I don't know about most because thousands were swallowed up by an angry God, which by the way is love because God is love. Now most people won't preach it because it doesn't, it doesn't fit their agenda. The truth should be your agenda. Unfettered, unfiltered truth. Period. Without hesitation. You can ask me anything you want. I will not, I will not avoid the question. I will tell you one thing or another. Yes, no, or I don't know. One, I will give you that answer. Yes, no, or I do not know. I will not avoid it. Tom, you know what? I'm thinking about, I found this young woman, and I'm thinking about marrying her. What do you think? When did you meet her? Eight days ago. No. No. There you go. Answer. I've had people come and ask me to marry them. No. They went off, got married anyway, and stayed in the church. God bless them. Hey, at least you can overcome offense. Seriously. You better be able to overcome offense. That's not a high calling. That's not a high place. You being offended is a low place. That is, that's going back to Hebrews 12, 26. If ye, then, if ye then are not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? If you're somebody walking around offended, you're barely breathing as a Christian. You don't even need to think about ministry. Don't even witness. Keep your mouth shut until you can stop being offended. Well, you don't know what happened. Do you know what happened to me? I'm not, I don't live in offense. Think Pastor Rodney never offends me? Well, I'm not gonna go there anymore. He said something that bothers me. He says stuff that bothers me all the time. It offends my religion. Tom, you're acknowledging there's religi religiosity in you? Yes, and so should you. It needs to be rooted out. It's called rooting out unbelief. He I was eating lunch with him on Friday at a table. There's a, there's a room full of people, but I was at his table eating lunch. I was right across from Pastor Rodney. First, Jonathan was sitting right next to me. First of all, he jumps Jonathan for not answering his text messages. <laughs> and then, and neither, ne neither Jonathan or I got up and went, <laughs> Well, I'm a, he's not my pastor anymore. 
like the two goofballs that walked out of here. Seriously. What are you leaving for? The pastor, you know what Pastor Rodney says to me about five minutes later? He goes, you know what? I'm just sitting there. All I'm doing is sitting there eating my hamburger. It's a Wagyu burger. Unbelievable, by the way. With my Parmesan cheese fries. It's good. Really good. I'm hungry. But anyway. Pastor Rodney looks across the table. He goes, you know what? And I'm like, I'm not asking for analysis. He's not going to stop him. He goes, you know what? He goes, you know, you come alive at night. But you're like death warmed over in the morning. He didn't use those exact words, but that's what he said. Because I was sitting in the front row of the church because he invited me, wanted me to come up for lunch. So I came to the morning service. And I would go to bed at three or four in the morning. I had to be there at 9.30. So I went to bed at three, got up at seven. So I was a little tired and I hadn't eaten nothing. So I was sitting in the front row like, and I must have yawned 87 times. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I cover up. I'm not one of these. I'm not like some of you with your dramatic yawnings. I cover my mouth and yawn. <laughs> some of you are like that with everything. You like that when you vomit too. Can't even hear me vomit when I vomit. <laughs> or my wife when she sneezes. She's just a little tiny person. She sneezes or coughs. It just, just rivets your soul. She sneezes. It's a hat in there. I'm like, she just cough up Beelzebub? She makes the same noise when she sneezes than when she dry heaves. I'm like, what's going on in my house? Ah! It's either dry even or season. <laughs> See, hope is not, the Lord is nigh unto the brokenhearted. Hope just goes, that's true. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Just let you laugh for another second or so. You get serious again. However long we stay serious, I don't know. You have about 23 minutes to go and you're done. Mm. But if you want to get it, if you want to tear down high places, you're like, I want my family saved. That's a high place. You're going to need high calling, high anointing, high power. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Why are you trying to go in there and convince your family? You're not going to convince anybody to, to, to cast off the vaccination. 
It's not going to happen. You need an anointing. You go in there and their soul is, is, is riveted. Riveted. And I was sitting there when I was death warmed over, sitting in the front row of the river. Pastor Rodney brought somebody forward to pray. It was to my right, so I was kind of canted and looking on the screen. The power of God hit this person so hard, it actually rocked Pastor Rodney backwards. I've never seen it before. Boom, knocked him backwards. He goes, whoa, that's what you need. Well, it offends me that people are laughing and people are falling to the ground. Why? Name what? What's the biblical reason? The joy of the Lord is your strength? What? People, people falling to the ground bothers you? And that's how Paul, the greatest soul winner of the world, refused to kick against the goads and was on the ground? Maybe that's where some of you need to start. It's been good for me. Listen, I'm a Kenneth Hagin disciple and Andrew Walmack disciple. Rodney Brown disciple, Jonathan Shuttlesworth disciple. Listen, but before, before Jonathan and Rodney, I was, I was no foolish man. I preached the gospel. Hellfire, brimstone, prosperity, health, wealth, healing, all of it. But there was something missing like the rich young ruler. There are levels. Because I was 150 pastor then. Vacillating between 150 and a little over 200 for 15 years. Preaching that gospel. People getting saved. Miracles being done. Maybe I needed to stop kicking against the goats. Maybe I needed to do the glory crawl 15, 20 times like I've done now. You know what the glory crawl is, right? You're knocked to the ground and you've got to crawl back to your seat because you can't really stand yet. When God finally unfastens you from the floor. Maybe I needed to have my mind separated from my mouth like what happened to me at the river. You ever had your mind separated from your mouth? Ever? If you haven't, you need to. That would help a lot of us. Help me. Pastor Rodney brings me up. What's going on with you? You know, he does that to you. I'd like to kind of mock you a little bit to show the power of God. Because he knows I'm this big talker, screamer, podcaster. What's going on with you? And the only word that I could think of was and. That's all I had. Uh, 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 uh. I'm on national television. Being held up by two of his goons, who I love. You got to have two people if it's me. Under your armpits. What's going on? I don't know. And all I remember him is going like this, and then an outlaw was on the ground. I couldn't talk. My, I had, I was there, but my mind was separated from my mouth. My religion was gone. My carnality, but for a moment I could see the windows of heaven. I was existing in the pure realm of the Holy Ghost where I'm not needed anymore. It's all God living under the shelter of his wing, but just for a moment so God could show me, here's what non-religion is. And the church goes like this. The less religion there is. Religion's not obedience, by the way. Well, you, you Don't put your religion on me. Don't, don't tell me to stop uh, drinking, smoking, cussing, and fornicating. Don't put your works on me and your religion on me. That's love for God, moron. This is love for God to obey his commands. And right there, if ye then be not able to do that thing which is least 
Don't take thought for the rest. Listen, if you are still lusting, looking at porn, lying, cheating, stealing, stop professing Christianity. Because you're unable to do that thing which is least. Get saved or recommitted, whichever is applicable to you. You cannot go to high places. This is why politics don't work. You can't go to high places. You can't defeat principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world with the Republicans. Mitch McConnell is gonna take down the World Economic Forum? He is the World Economic Forum. And so is 90% of the Republican Party. Aren't you a Republican? Yeah, I'm a Republican, but I'm a Christian conservative who has to be a Republican if I wanna vote in local elections. Otherwise, I wouldn't be. I just vote for who's ever closest to the Bible. Sometimes it's hard to decipher, but somebody usually is. That's who I'll pull the lever for. I'd never miss voting either, neither should you. And stop, th- and stop saying that it's politics. You have a role to play in this country that was actually formed by preachers donning black robes. As I say in the podcast, get ready, I'm gonna yell right now. Don your black robes, Christians. Put them on. Then I'll stand out. Yeah, you're supposed to be a shining city on a hill. You're supposed to stand out. There are levels inside of the body of Christ. Listen to this, 2 Kings 23, 13 and 14. Then we're gonna go to 2 Kings 23, 25 and 24 and 25. Speaking of King Josiah, the king defiled the high places that were east of Jerusalem and were on the south of the Mount of Corruption which Solomon, king of Israel, had built. A follower of Yahweh had built the Mount of Corruption. Desert, high calling. Solomon, king of Israel, had built for Estorah, the abomination of the Sidonians, the abomination of the Moabites, and from Milcom, the abomination of the people of Ammon. And he broke in pieces the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images and filled their places with bones of men. Who is this man? It is Josiah, 2 Kings 23, 24, and 25. Moreover, Josiah put away those who consulted mediums and spiritists, the household gods and idols, and all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem that he might perform the works of the law which were written in the book Hilkiah the priest had found in the house of the Lord. Still didn't know its name. Torah, the Bible. It's just a book that they found. 2 Kings 22, 8 and 10. Read it when you get home. Now before him, there was no king like him. Are there levels or are there not? Even, Even Hezekiah. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I've walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. 
Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. Tears, I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. Then Isaiah said, prepare a poultice of figs. They did so and applied it to the boil and he recovered. That's 2 Kings 20, one through seven. Listen, listen. Even in comparison to Hezekiah, who turned his back to Isaiah and chose a wall, Josiah was better. There are levels. Why? Because Hezekiah refused to go to the high places. He loved the Lord, turned his back to the prophet in favor of a wall where the Lord was. And still God Almighty says, Jos Josiah is even better than Hezekiah, better than David. He's the best. Look, now before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his might, according to the law of Moses, nor after him did any arise. There are levels like him. None. What will you choose? Barely getting by? Matthew eleven eleven. Assuredly, I say to you, Jesus speaking of John the Baptist. Among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Not one. Are there levels or are there not? Which one will you choose? Prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, Every day. If you miss a day, you just got worse. That sounds like religion to me. No, it's not. It's not religion. Is that, did I tell you to wear a necklace? Am I gonna show up next week with a white thing right here? You're gonna have somebody walk around the room with incense cans? No. You choose. Every day, you choose. In order for you to operate in greatness, you have to know what greatness means. What is works? Well, I mean, what is faith? Works, word, and knowledge. How do you stand in faith when you don't know what faith is? Faith is the promised land. Lack of knowledge is the desert. How do you get to that promised land? Know what the promises of God are. How do you know what the promises of God are? Read the book. Memorize the book. I can tell you, for any major circumstance in life, I can tell you what the answer is with a Bible verse. With a Bible verse. Hebrews 6.1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. We don't like to use the word perfect in our church. That's because you're an unbiblical demonic church. Who has a demonic faith? What's a demonic faith? Well, it's just very simple. It's right in James chapter two, verses 18 and 19. Someone will say, I have faith and you have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that and shudder. Most churches, they acknowledge there's a God, that's all. There's no works. 
There's no trying to get to another level. It's all, we're just all the same, trying to hang on, get that pickaxe out and put it on the side of the mountain, hang on. Don't climb the mountain. Just climb up like two feet, put that pickaxe in, and just hang there the rest of your life. There are levels. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. There are levels. Matthew chapter eight, verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith. Not in all of Israel, I have not found such great faith. There are levels. Let me build you up with this. And this will build you up or tear you down depending on who you are. It's kind of like the foundation church motto. So build you up or tear you down depending on who you are. <laughs> That's the truth. Build you up or tear you down depending on who you are. There we go. All right. Proverbs 10.3. The Lord will not allow the righteous soul to famish, but he casts away the desires of the wicked. Nobody preaches that but us. He casts away the desires of the wicked. There are levels in this life. Now that's comparing being saved and not saved. But it also can be evil prayers from the saved. Yet you have not because you ask not. What's the next verse? You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so you may spend what you get on your pleasures. It can be evil prayers too. Cast away the desires of the wicked. You think, you think all of these Christians who they need to firmly and, and with conviction read 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Many Christians need to come to the realization of, you know what, it was evil what happened to us. You need to stop acting like it didn't happen. Stop acting like we've been on board the whole time with anti-vax, anti anti-COVID, anti-lockdown, when you were locked down for nine or 10 months. And now everyone just pretends like it isn't. It's like a, it's like a festering wound. It's like an elephant in the room that everybody's pretending is not there. Can you imagine if that was happening right now? That literally, if an elephant was sitting over here, dropping elephant dung all over the place, and we all just sit here. They're just preaching. There wouldn't be a soul in here looking at me. I, I could, listen, I could have any preacher in the world up here preaching. Everybody looking at that elephant as it prances around the room. That's why all these churches, you, if they actually pan away from the pulpit, these giant churches, they're empty. Nobody will address it. Address it. And then your church will fill back up. But you have to humble yourself to do that. There are levels. Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked. How many of you have heard inside of churches? You know, God just, you know, God is close to us all. God is with us all. No, he's not. He's not. I know that that violates some people's ideals of who God is. But he's not with everybody. He loves everybody, but he's not with everybody. It's mirrored in our culture. How many of you love a relative that you hate? Nobody raises their hands. Oh, here, 
I do. I'll put both my hands up. I don't mean hate in the bitterness sense. I just mean in, you act in love. You're doing the biblical requisite. But inside, you hate them. You know you do. Where do you get hate from? God hates. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. That violates my opinion of God because your opinion of God is not the Bible. Therefore, your opinion of God is not Jesus because Jesus is the Bible. John 1, 1, John 1, 14, 1 John 5, 7. Jesus is the Bible. There's no delineation. None, none, zero. If I, God, I, I get hate from God. Yeah, you get anger from God too. Anger is sin. No, it's not. In your anger, do not sin. Ephesians 4, 26. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anger rests in the bosom of fools. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Ecclesiastes 7, 9. You don't allow anger to be your life, but there's times to be angry. I'm angry. I am. Yeah. I'm angry. Listen, I'm angry at what's been done. I'm angry. I'm not, I'm not angry that my politics have been violated. I'm angry there's people dead. I've never watched an abortion live because I already have my convictions, but I've watched the caricatures of them. You know, the sort of the cartoon versions. That makes me angry. They go for the legs first. How would you like to have your legs pulled off by forceps, by serrated forceps, piece by bloody piece? How would you like it? That makes me angry. That comes from God. I hate it. It comes from God. I hate that people are parading themselves around in homosexuality and transgenderism. I hate those two sins. God even hates a man. No, that can never happen. You don't read the Bible. You do not read the Bible, do you? Admit it. Let's just do it together. Ready? I love Jesus, but I don't read the Bible. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, feet that are quick to rush into evil. Did I say heart that devises wicked schemes yet? Haughty eyes, lying tongue. Heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. I'm leaving one out. But it said, what if I'm leaving out? Hands that shed, I'm leaving out. I'm leaving out one of the most important ones. Hands that shed innocent blood. A man says that God hates a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. You might want to think about that when you're gossiping at Applebee's today. Hope said this to me last night, speaking of Madonna, who's doing some sort of blasphemous Last Supper thing. She better watch herself. Oh, God doesn't, God doesn't act that way. I heard my, one of my favorite preachers say, God doesn't act that way anymore. That's the Old Testament. Oh, really? You ever read the book of Revelation? Favorite preacher? I will cast them into a sickbed unless they repent. That's Jesus doing that. I want to be careful about, about poking that bear. There's, there's sinful people. They have no problem. God's all right with that. They're going to go to hell. But there's, he's not, God's not coming after them. And then there's wicked people. You want to kill people? 40 to 60 million abortions a year, and you're out there advocating for that? You might want to watch out for Yahweh.
Well, namely, you need to watch out for the Holy Ghost. Ananias and Sapphira style, might want to watch it. Madonna needs to watch it. Pastor Rodney always preaches, you want to mess with the church, go ahead and get yourself measured for a coffin. God's real. Everyone's going to find out the great white throne judgment. Which, by the way, that's where you'll find out there's levels too. There's levels of existence. And don't tell me that I didn't tell you how to get to the next level. Here's the thing. I don't know what your next level is. I can't tell you how to get there. I can give you the construct. I, can, I take that back. I don't know what your next level is, but I can tell you how to get there. Until you're praying, prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, and I add to that giving, which is part of worship, just forget it. If, you, if you're not tithing, forget ministry. Please forget it. Do everybody a favor. Go get yourself the best tent that you can get at Bass Pro Shop and move out at the, the, into the desert with your Toyota Tundra. Please don't go into ministry if you can't give. You know what the, the most common trait of everybody who's ever left this church is? They don't give. The love of money is the root of all evil. They will not go to that high place. They will not, that will not be touched. Now there's another pastor after my money. I'm not after your money. You need to take my word for it or not. Come and look, go in my driveway. There's no Lamborghini sitting there. Not that I'll be averse to buying one. I may buy one. I'm not a real Lamborghini guy. I can't really fit in those things, but. <laughs> I'm really just coveting Jared's brand new truck. I don't know if Jared's, there's Jared right here. I'm just coveting his brand new truck. That may just disappear out of your driveway <laughs> at some point. <laughs> First Peter 3.12. Almost done. Heading towards the end right here. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Hebrews 12, 6, because he disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as a son. He disciplines those he and punishes everyone he accepts as a son. There's a lot to preach in that, but you can, you can see there's levels. He doesn't punish people he doesn't call a son or discipline those that are not one of his own. That's for us. That's a good father. That's a heavenly father. It may sound a little bit of, yes, for the wicked there can, be, there can come a certain measure of punishment, but not just for the rudimentary unsaved. Our discipline comes from God because we are his son or his daughter. Look at this in closing. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 27. Well, it's actually 24, then 26 and 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. 26 and 27. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. There are levels, but you choose. You choose. You and I choose it. Every single day we choose. You'll choose today. Big football games are on. Well, I'll start tomorrow. Just made a decision. And it's a, it's, it's a big deal. It's not a heaven and hell deal, but it's a big deal. You will choose today whether or not to do this. Jesus said to the rich young ruler, Luke chapter 18, verse 22, 
You're like, what are all these things you're reading? These are called Bible verses. <laughs> Very uncommon inside the church today. As uncommon as the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and the Constitution is in the halls of Congress. I'm finishing right here. We're going to go here and briefly into the book of Revelation, and then we're going home. 12.02, we're going to pray at 12.10. And I pray fast. For that, let me just address that real quick. I pro- we're still gonna, I'm going to pray at 12.10. When I pray at 1210, you will have been in this church service for two hours and five minutes. And you will leave at the two hour, 15 minute mark, roughly. That's good, isn't it? It's nothing. It's nothing. I'm going to the river tonight. It will start at seven. And I'll leave there at midnight. After a five hour service. And you know what? I gotta say this too. What was I originally gonna say? Forgot. I don't know if anybody saw Pastor Rodney correct the people that were talking the other night in the service. Anybody who ever wants to think that I'm mean, because I've done that many times inside this church, please watch that service. What night was it on? Friday night? Yeah, because I was there Friday morning. Friday night. Please watch the service if you think that I'm mean. Because here's the thing. Like, I do it and either boot the person out and it's over with Pastor Rodney he does it, and then it's 45 minutes of spinning back to it and spinning back to it with, the, with Bible verses. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, finally. Somebody who exonerates me. <laughs> Does you think shenanigans is going to go on in here? It's not going to happen. I'm not going to have disorder. Not going to have people acting foolish. Not going to be crackling water bottles. Some of you need to work on your unwrapping skills. I need to do a clinic. (laughs) Chewing and unwrapping. That should be the clinic that I teach to everybody. This is how you chew correctly. This is how you unwrap swiftly. (laughs) A lot of you, it's like, literally, it's like being waterboarded at Guantanamo Bay, <laughs> as you unwrap a mint. <laughs> and the worst, and as you try to make it quieter, it's worse. <laughs> unwrap it now. <laughs> Done. I won't go into chewing today, because I've only got five minutes to go. Luke 18, 22. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Are there levels or are there not? How do you know what you lack? Prayer, Bible, study, worship, fellowship. God will tell you. Every, not one person ever has come to me for counsel who's doing those four things. You come to, I'm not talking about those of you who come to share. There's people who come to share and we're in partnership with ministry. I'm talking about counsel. And I don't mean, again, let me qualify it. I don't mean counsel like, Tom, what do you think about something? I'm talking about people who are in trouble. I'm depressed. My marriage is falling apart. I'm living in lack. I have no money. I ask them, are you praying like you should? Studying like you should? Giving like you should? Worshiping like you should? Fellowshipping like you should? The answer is never a yes, ever. You still lack one thing. 
He had everything else in order. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And it was refused. Anybody refusing today? Now, this was unto hell, but I'm talking about just in your life, not unto hell. Anybody living in refusal? You're like, what did I walk into? Just relax. I'm not going to do anything. What am I going to do? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not looking at you right now trying to read it. Who's living in refusal? <laughs> I have to put the mirror on myself. I think there's there, I don't know them right now offhand if I go home and spend some time in speculation. There's probably areas in my life that I'm living in refusal. Anybody else? So if it's God and he's telling you to do it and you're refusing it, understand that that's the desert. Don't go to the desert. Go to the promised land. The land that's rich with milk and honey and prosperity and the promises of God. And the last thing I'll tell you, worship team, make your way. Last thing I'll tell you this morning. Revelation chapter two, four and five. And let me use this to grease the skids for the altar call. If you need to get your life right with God this morning, start thinking about it right now. Again, this isn't gonna be an extenuated service. I told you, we're gonna pray at 1210. We are. A lot of you get bothered by times. Listen, you get bothered by me doing that and you get a lot of it's because you care about me or whatever and I appreciate the love. I really do. But I do that for a reason. And they're like, well, Pastor Rodney doesn't do it. I know. I'm not here to be Pastor Rodney. He's my pastor. I get counsel from him. I get counsel from him. He gets none from me. I get counsel from him. It doesn't mean I'm gonna be him. You know, I don't try to act like him. This church is never gonna be the river. It's not what I'm called to do. And he doesn't do times. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't care. I care. That's me. This is my group. This is my church. So I, I went, went in Rome, 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. Went in Rome, be a Roman. Christian, listen, Americans care about time. So I give them time updates. I'm just letting you know, 12.08, you're still gonna leave it, you're still gonna pray at 12.10, you'll be out of here by 12.15. Because I'm, I'm not gonna have prolonged prayers, because Jesus didn't. Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> Listen, oh, okay, just that person's, nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> That's how they pray. Oh, it's over. Just walk out. <laughs> They're trying to conjure God up like it's some evil spirit. Oh, it's not a seance. <laughs> I gotta stop talking sometimes. If I get my, if I tickle myself, it's like over. I can. I'm none of those people who can never pull off a practical joke because I'm laughing. I laugh the whole time. I can't pull it off. You know, I'm not even gonna finish with this verse. I'm gonna tell you this. <laughs> Is Nick in here? Nick, Nick, you in here anywhere? My mechanic, Nick, you in here anywhere? Nick's not, he's working. But I remember this. We had Nick um, fix up a go-kart for us. You remember this? Yeah. This is a Chris, oh, no, I remember this. It was for Norma. And Tommy had been wanting, it was an Xbox, right? Xbox, some, Xbox One? An Xbox One. I still got one minute. If need be, I'll just speed up the prayer. So, 
Um, <laughs> so we were we were trying to surprise the kids. So Nick, his name's Nick Hansen. You guys know most of you know him. He's here. Nick and Trish. Trish runs our part of our children's program. So anyway, so Nick had fixed up the go kart. We parked at our next door neighbors, the Hills. Hit it in their garage. And inside the go-kart was Tommy's Xbox One. Now, we had warned Tommy that, you know, he might not be able to get one because it was the hottest thing around and whatever. And if he can't get one, we'll have the gift card for you to get one. That would, that would just to use a four-letter word, suck on Christmas morning. Well, we couldn't get it for you, but you know what? Everything's closed today and tomorrow, but you know what? Maybe in a week or two you can get it. So we were going to pull off this prank that we're going to open the garage and Norma gets her go-kart and Tommy gets the gift card for nothing. So he gets, Norma gets everything and Tommy gets nothing. And it was all Hope's idea. I would never do it. I can't do it. She's cold, heartless, and soulless, just like Aaron, just like Heather. These are the people that I hire. I can't pull it off. Aaron can pull off anything. Seriously, he can pull off anything. I can't. He's, I'm soft-hearted. Everyone thinks I'm the meanest person around. No, the meanest people around is my staff. I'm actually the nice one. You want counsel? Don't go to Heather. Trust me. Oh, there she is back there. Don't go to her. So you get with nothing. I'll, I'll at least, you know, put it down a nice soft foundation for you to land on. It was like, it's just part of the learning experience, fall on the concrete. <laughs> so we go over there, and we un- open the garage door, and I'm like, ah, I got my go-kart. And, we, and, no, and Hope goes up, and Nick's whispering in my ear, this is rough, dude. This is rough. <laughs> and Hope goes up to him, sorry, we couldn't get you the Xbox, but as we promised, here's your gift card. And he looked like, like <laughs> you could, <laughs> seriously, like you could, you could do anything physical to Tommy. That's why he's a cage fighter. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Doesn't affect him. But other things do. You can punch him in the face. I mean, well, you better be ready for a montage coming back. <laughs> but nothing. But he little things like emotion, he's more like me. And he's like, he was gut punched. Like, and Nick's whispering, man, this is rough, man. This is rough. And I'm over there like, Because I want to rush in and save him. <laughs> but don't worry. When Norma drove out with her go-kart on, it was in the seat or in the back holding box area. So there was his Xbox, and it was all relieved. I can't pull that stuff off. I can't do it. My vomiting, hacking wife. <laughs> ah! She can do it. Ah, it's all you remember from this whole service. Ah, two. Ah, come back here, clean up the dog poop. We've been blessed. Two out of the last five Sundays we've come home and our entire house is all diarrhea. From an 80 pound dog. You come in, it's like, there's a devil in here. There, it's not poop, it's a devil. Because he eats everything, and who knows what caused it. But Hope, Hope goes in there, there's no way. Ah, ah, 
Whenever my kids threw up, it's me. I cleaned up every bit of vomit that's ever happened in our house. Hope comes in there. You're gonna have to do it. You're gonna have to do it. Ah! You gotta do it. She's gotta, she's gotta get her words in between the dry heaves. Ah! You gotta do it. You gotta get in here. Go, ah! It's like, it's like a legion is on her. You gotta do it. Ah! Legion. Get into the pigs. How am I supposed to be serious now? And I'm already past my time. Every head bowed, every eye closed. It's good to do it. It's not, that, it's not an ominous occasion. This is a time to be set free. It's time to be set free. If you need to get right with God this morning, if you're a backslidden Christian or you've never gotten saved, understand that both of those are hell-bound, hell-bound conditions. If you need to get right with God this morning, I'm the only one looking. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm not taking you to a back room. I'm going to have you do two things. Pray a prayer and raise your hand. That's it. That's it, right where you're at. And when you pray the prayer, nobody's even going to know it's you because we're all going to pray it with you. Couldn't be any easier. So you need to get right with God this morning. Right where you're at, stretch your hand up. Right where you're at. Looking to my left. I got one to my two, three on my left. One, two, three, four, five, six left middle. About ten left right. Two or three to my right. Those of you who lifted up your hands, you can put them down. We're going to pray this prayer out loud. You pray it with us. And all your sins are gone. You're a backslidden Christian. Your sins are gone. Never been saved before. Your sins are gone, which makes you heaven bound and no longer separated from God. The bridge has been crossed. And then burn that bridge back to sin. Never go back. It's called repentance. You raise your hand, the entire church is going to pray this out loud with you. You pray it, you mean it, and all your sins are gone. Pray this with me. Start off with these two words. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them. And I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' name. Church shouts. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.